Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Kind of rivalry, rivalry week around the college football landscape, the NFL landscape, as the Cincinnati Bengals get set to go to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. I am in a luxurious parking lot adjacent to In-N-Out Burger here. Uh, Such a California, California thing to say. Just... And it really, I, I had to name drop. I know I had to name drop. And, uh, you know, hey, no, not a sponsor of the show yet, but maybe they will be. But. I'm Anthony Cazenza, joined as always by John Sharon. And John, we've got one of our favorites, one of our regulars on the on the show to talk about this big game coming up. Absolutely. We got Mark Bergen of Believe in Steelers. Is that, is that the name? Is it Believe Steelers or what was the You got it. Name you now? got it right the first try. And <laughs> Anthony, when you're out in La La Land, can you tell the Rams that they're not the ones supposed to be dealing with the Super Bowl hangover? Oh, Do you see the loser of the Super Bowl that struggles? No, the Bengals are only one game over 500, but they seem to be getting things right right when they need to on the back half of the season. They do. I, you know, I was going to, I was going to complain about, man, I'm a, I'm a little fatigued. I'm a little, you know, doing a lot of different things, but Mark, you are one of the hardest working guys around. You do the believe in Steelers podcast. You're working for WRAL and doing a lot of stuff with them. We appreciate the time that you are giving us good, sir. And let's, as we normally do, let's start with quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett. Now I think, when you were on the show before, we talked about how potentially the Bengals could face two different quarterbacks this year in the two different games that is coming to pass. Kenny Pickett is now under center. The stats aren't there, but got a nice win last week, and there's been some kind of baby steps of progression there. I'd love to get your take on what you've seen from him so far. With rookie quarterbacks, it's never a linear progression. Now, Pickett didn't play that great against the Saints coming out of the bye week, but an adjustment that he made – we didn't when he didn't have his reads, he didn't try to force the ball down the field. He tuck it and he ran the ball and he forced defenses to play 11 on 11, which we're seeing more and more and more now in the NFL in 2022. When we're seeing Matt Ryan, prehistoric Matt Ryan, I'm pretty sure from a different eon running the ball, they <laughs> honest, it shows you that there needs to be a little bit of a different dimension of the game. I'm not expecting any quarterback to be a Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields, but if you don't have it, Bucket, pick up a few yards, make sure you get down and slide to prevent injury and also to prevent turnovers. But if the read's not there, it's okay. Tuck it and run. Use your legs, young man. And that's what Kenny Pickett did in week 10 against the Saints. There's an interesting stat with Pickett. So in, in terms of throwing the ball deep down the field, like 20 yards or more, he has five interceptions, but Pro Football Focus has only charged him with two turnover-worthy throws and like four like big-time throws, which would be like, like plus throws. What have you been seeing from him just as 
trying to push the ball down deep. Are those numbers a little skewed towards like bad luck, or has it just been not really a part of their game plan thus far? Yeah, I mean, receivers falling down. Uh, sometimes it doesn't shake your way, but not all interceptions are created equal. If it's an interception way downfield, it's almost a de facto arm punt, and that was the frustration when Mitch Trubisky started the season for the first four games of the year in that he wasn't taking any chances to keep defenses honest to try to take the top off a of defense. Now, Chase Claypool is now in Chicago, which puts more of an onus, and they can focus more on getting the ball to two different players, uh, and that is rookie George Pickens and the tight end Pat Fryermuth in his second year, coming off a rookie season where he scored seven touchdowns. Now, we all know what Deontay Johnson can do. He's a pro bowler a year ago. His stats are down. Struggled a little bit hanging on to the ball, but remember Pickett, yeah, he played in the preseason. Yeah, they had him with the one some during training camp, but he's still developing a rapport with a lot of this young receiver group. So those three players I mentioned really need to step up because they need to be playmakers for Pickett. And then beyond this season, the Steelers don't really have a problem drafting and developing young receivers, but there is a little bit of a void left by Claypool, but now you can focus getting the ball to Pickens, who has performed really well when they've made it a point of getting him the ball. I think he's personally the most talented offensive skill position players the Steelers have. And then again, Fryermuth as well. And he had a great catch last week, a one-handed stab over the middle against the Saints, but they got to prioritize getting them the ball in space and not just saying, hey, on a third and deep, uh, third and long, Let's just try to chuck it up and have one, whether it's Pickens or Firemuth or Deontay, have them bill this offense out. You want to put yourself in third and manageable situations, which is something that the Steelers have struggled with this season. Talking with Mark Bergen, co-host of Believe in Steelers, a great podcast, great network, and he co-hosts that with former Steelers cornerback Ike Taylor. Good to be talking with Mark again to, to talk about the rematch and kind of provided a nice segue for me. You touched on a little bit in terms of Pickens's uh, growth, I guess, but um, talk, if, if you can talk a little bit more about that and just kind of what you've seen from him in recent weeks, particularly with Claypool exiting and with the Claypool exit, was that more just about the value they received in the trade or what was he kind of falling out of favor as well with, with the Steelers and just kind of a crowded receiver room. And they just said, Hey, expendable, Nice draft pick. Bye. <laughs> yeah, kind of the latter half, AC. And here's the reason I say this is they gave Deontay Johnson a huge contract extension on the eve of this current season. So Claypool under contract this season and then in 2023, you can get a second back for him. It's tremendous value. And you get a better second round pick than what the Packers offered. Now, there you're wagering that the Bears are going to finish with the worse record than the Packers. We'll see about that. But that that's what you would normally expect, and that's kind of the logic there. And so if he's not going to help you make the playoffs this season, Steelers, yeah, they win against the Saints, but they're not going to make the playoffs this year. That's just my opinion, but it would be – there's still a long shot to make the playoffs. And then in 2023, we Lord only knows what will happen with the Steelers next season – uh, if he's not going to help you contend, get some value back and you get a second round pick considering Claypool was a second round pick. Right. Now you're going to bring in a rookie in an ideal situation, get him on a rookie deal for four years and hopefully you strike gold with your draft pick. So the ball can only go to so many different guys in all honesty, like I like Chase Claypool, but it was the consistency with him 
And from the neck down, he's everything you would want in a receiver, the size and speed, 6'4", the 4'4", 40 speed, all of that you want, but it was just the consistency that he had struggled with. I think he can eventually put it together. I think you get Justin Fields a nice target and you keep the lights out in Green Bay, your division rival, if you're the Bears. So it's one of those trades I think could be a win-win. But in terms of the Steelers, the ball can only go to so many different places. Uh, Deontay Johnson's stats are down compared to a year ago when he was playing with Ben Roethlisberger. And the same can be said about Fryermuth as well. So if you can only get the ball with so many guys, George Pickens now sees an increased role in this offense. And I want to see what he can do because he was a special, special player coming out of Georgia and probably would have been a first-round pick if not for a knee injury coming into the league. And so they're starting to scratch the surface to show what he can do with the ball in his hands. I want to see that creativity more and more with him. And we did see that in week 10. I remember asking you before the season about Najee Harris and this new offensive line coming in, potentially improving the run blocking. It seems like in the past three weeks, he's uh, turned off some more explosive runs. He's upped his yards per carry a little bit. Has he just been building as the season's going on? How is he going uh compared to how his offensive line is blocking in front of him. I think he heard a lot of the criticism in the bye week. And going into last week's game against the Saints, the Steelers didn't have a single rush of 20 yards or more. Well, against New Orleans, the Steelers had four. So you like to see those explosive plays, and you haven't gotten them from the running back position. But I personally think Najee wasn't – he hasn't been 100% healthy this season. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if come – you know, the very first game when the Steelers are out of it to say, oh, Najee Harris had some sort of surgery that he probably needed now, but he played through said injury. Now, the offensive line has not been great either. And I can point to several examples where there's third and third and short or fourth and short, where normally it'd be like, hey, let's pound the rock here. And the Steelers haven't been able to do it because they don't have that push up front that you would normally expect. The offensive line is something I want to see the Steelers address in the offseason, but maybe you can build on what the Steelers did a week ago against the Saints where they had their highest rushing output since the 2016 season. That's what you would try to build on, and it takes the onus and the pressure off a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett. So I I joke around. It's almost like that Spider-Man meme where you want to say, what's the problems with the Steelers offense? Because it's been anemic at points this season. And it's the Spider-Man meme where it's just everyone pointing at one another of, oh, let's point the blame there. Let's point at the offense coordinator. Let's point at the offensive line. Let's point it to Najee Harris. Everyone needs to look themselves in the mirror and accept some of the blame and figure out, hey, what can I do to try to improve and get better? It's the, the struggles of the offense going into Last week's game, when you're only putting up like 15 points per game in the NFL in 2022, point blank period, it's not going to cut it. Talk about finger pointing. Let's recap the the week one game between these two games because that was a weird one. Uh, the and not to you know live in history, I guess, but I mean it, it, it kind of bears repeating because of what we're looking at this week. How did you view that that victory for the Steelers, Mark? I mean because. Dominant defense by the Steelers, obviously, in that game. Mm-hmm. Bengals were all out of sorts on offense as well. Obviously, they lose the long snapper. You don't really ever plan for that. I mean, do you kind of say, hey, you know, I, I, I expected this because of the Steelers' defense and who they are? Were, were you kind of saying, well, they maybe lucked out a little bit? I mean, what, what was kind of your gauge and when you when you 
took a step back maybe a day or two after that win and you said you know uh, what what did you make of that because I, I don't really know what I made of the loss quite honestly because it was such a wacky game Anthony do you see the twinkle in your co-host John's eyes when you mentioned week one <laughs> I don't know if I saw a twinkle I saw yeah I saw, yeah I saw steam coming out of his ears some maybe, PTSD but... maybe yeah <laughs> week one when you win a turnover battle 5-0 you expect to win by more than three points. Yeah. Like, I know Minka Fitzpatrick blocking the extra point and the Steelers go on and win in overtime. That was a crazy game. But that points back to the struggles of the offense. When your defense turns the ball over five times, you don't have a single turnover offensively, you should win by more than three points. And that goes back to that's really been the Steelers' biggest struggle this season is that offense. <sighs> I could talk to you till sundown about all the problems with it, but mm. if I could put it in a sentence right now, I don't, I just don't think they have the personnel. Like, and, and what I mean by that is up front because it's a line of scrimmage game. And then like the analogy I'd make for you, if I could put this in one sentence is you can't make a gourmet meal with bologna and potato chips. <laughs> when you don't have that push up front, it limits what you can do. Yeah. And when you have a rookie quarterback, and then the, the running game struggles to get going, and it puts more of the onus on the rookie quarterback. And pretty much every skill position player is 25 and younger. It's like, again, it goes back to that Spider-Man meme where it's like it's a cyclical problem. And that's what I've seen from the Steelers this season. If I go back to that week one game. You win the turnover battle 5-0. You should win the game. And don't forget in that, in that week one game too, Anthony, Minka Fitzpatrick had a pick six in that game. So take seven more points off the board that the offense did not score. So that's kind of what I go to in week one. And uh, man, I just hope that I don't develop gray hair or lose hair after watching this matchup in week 11, because in week one, it was just, it was the full gambit of emotions. We have a little bit more of a stable game on Sunday. Mark, I'm 26. My hairline's receding. I feel like it's mainly because watching Bengals and Steelers games. So, I mean, <laughs> I think I think we're all just kind of feeling the effects of this rivalry in the past decade or so. But just looking back at these past eight or so games without TJ Watt, and then TJ Watt returns to the defense against the Saints. Like, was that was that jump pretty noticeable? Like the the difference between the pass rush. Like, how how was he in this first game back? Just his presence, John, and. You look at the stat line, it's like, oh, four tackles and a pressure. And, and it's like, it, was it really that impressive? The attention that he garners and the energy in the stadium was noticeable. Talk to people that were there and they're cheering him out when he gets introduced out of the tunnel and he's involved in the very first two plays from scrimmage that the Saints had. And then it frees up Alex Highsmith on the other side, your other outside linebacker, who in my opinion is having a Pro Bowl season. Highsmith just named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts against the Saints. Now, Saints were playing with their backup left tackle. The left tackle got hurt in that game. But if T.J. Watt's going to garner a double team, a triple team, chips, extra attention, someone else is going to have a one-on-one -on -one matchup, and they got to eat. And that's been Alex Highsmith. One thing I noticed, he the, you, the move he'll bust out, and he only does it a few times per game. He has a beautiful spin move off the edge. Yeah. But yeah. if, if it's going to be T.J. Watt and he's going to line up over an opposing team's right tackle, well, Alex Highsmith's got to be the one who eats on the other side, and certainly he did that in Week 10. 
and it makes things so much easier on the back end. This is a Steelers secondary that outside of Minka has struggled this season, and they get two key interceptions in the fourth quarter to put the Saints away. Talking with Mark Bergen of the Believe in Steelers podcast, I want to talk about the, the safeties because obviously there's kind of some uncertainty about Mika Fitzpatrick, although he returned to practice on Thursday, full participant um, after the appendectomy. So, I, you know, I, I, number one, I want to ask you if it looks like he is going to go. And number two, the Steelers got back. I talked about being in an in-and-out parking lot today, so I got to represent Southern California guy, SDSU guy, Demonte Kazee. Yep. He came back last week, had a nice interception uh, against the Saints. So uh, I guess tell me a little bit about Minka and what he's looking like playing this week and then – you know, what the design is with the myriad of defensive backs and those two guys, uh, you know, coming back to the lineup. Absolutely. Now, I would be shocked if Minka did not play because he wanted to play even after his appendectomy. And the Steelers were like, no, 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 no. Especially considering they gave him a huge contract extension. At one point, he was the league's highest paid safety until Derwin James took the mantle there. But getting Minka back, I mean, he's a ball hawk. I, I, there's only so many adjectives I can use, but he's a tremendous, tremendous player on the back end because he played really well, though, in Minka's mm -hmm. absence. Now, he made up for himself because he had that interception, which was a key play. The Steelers go down and make it a two-score game against the Saints, but it was the energy that he brought, and it made up for the fact that earlier in the game he had had uh, a penalty. Uh, I forget if it was targeting or pass interference, where um, Chris Olave, the Saints receiver, is trying to catch the ball, and they're saying he's a defenseless receiver, and they call them for a penalty. But you like to see a young player flying around and making plays in the defensive backfield, and certainly he demonstrated the ability to do that. With Mink coming back, I still think you got to figure out a way to put Kazee on the field just from what I've seen because it pops off the tape. I don't claim to be an X's and O's guy, but it pops off the screen when you see it. And I certainly saw that from Kazee in him filling in for someone where it was like, that was a huge question mark going into the Saints game because we were really excited. TJ Watts coming back for the first time since the week one game against the Bengals. But it's like addition and subtraction because then you found out on the eve of the game that Minka Fitzpatrick would miss it due to getting his appendix removed. But I like what I saw from Kazee in week 10. And I think you need to figure out a way to keep him on the field even if Minka Fitzpatrick is back there for the Steelers. So this, so he could be the answer to this next question, but is there a player that has surprised you just by just generally improving this season? Maybe he's better than you thought he would be and someone to watch for in this game that maybe Bengals fans aren't aware of. Mentioned Highsmith earlier, so we already covered that there. I'll say this, going into this season, John, the big question was whether the Steelers could improve their run defense. And... The Steelers did not pick up the fifth-year option on Devin Bush's rookie contract. The pairing with Devin Bush and Miles Jack has been stout. And you look a week ago, right? And it's one game. But when they hold Alvin Kamara, who's as good a back as there is in this league, in space, and they hold him to a season-low 45 total yards, I look at that being a marked improvement. You can credit Brian Flores, the assistant coach and linebackers yeah. coach, you can credit, you know, Terrell Austin, the team's new defensive coordinator. But that was a big question mark going into this season was Devin Bush's play. I don't know if he's in a Steelers uniform beyond this season, but he and Miles Jack paired together have done a nice job this season in plugging what was a huge, huge hole. 
going into the year. Now that's going to be the key in this game because Jamar Chase isn't going to come out and it looked like, you know, Joe Mixon against the bank, or excuse me, Joe Mixon against the Panthers. He was trying to win fantasy football in one half of a game. <laughs> so that's really the key to me is what that matchup is, is the Steelers front seven in trying to stop Joe Mixon from getting going on the ground on Sunday. Cheryl Austin is up there with a specific quarterback who wore number nine, he who shall not be named in, in Bengals circles there. Terrell Austin did not make many friends in the Cincinnati world. But talking with Mark Bergen, I know you got to get out of here in a few minutes, Mark. Um, I, I guess, you know, before we get kind of predictions and, and maybe another one in from John here, but uh, kind of want to see, you know, some of the key play. I know you talked about Highsmith. You talked about some others. I mean, is there an under the radar player that you're maybe looking at specifically for this matchup this week and or one where you're kind of thinking, hey, this is this is someone that specifically against the Bengals, I think he, he could have a pretty good, pretty good game this week. AC, I'm going to go with Najee Harris. I want to see if he can do it in back to back weeks. It's an easy pick, but really, other than the Saints game, he hasn't had a good season. Some people, I am not one of them, are saying that he's a bust. Way too soon to determine that. But he demonstrated he could be a pro bowler's rookie year. And other than the Saints game, he has not performed well at all this season. That's not all on him. We've pointed out why. But that's really the big question mark I have coming into this game is, can you establish Najee Harris again? It warms my heart to know, okay, you have your biggest rushing output in several years. The reason they brought Najee Harrison in the first place is the year before they got Najee, the Steelers finished dead last in the league in rushing. They've been in near the bottom of the league for about the past five seasons. Can you mm. do it again? And can you string some games together? And it's Najee, it's Jalen Warren too, that tandem. And Najee's finally understood, hey, I don't need to be the bell cow. I don't need to get close to 400 touches in a single season because if that's the case – it's not going to be a long, very long in the NFL because of the short shelf life running backs typically have. Can you get Najee going? Can you establish Jalen Warren? And think creatively, too. I'm not just talking about snapping the ball and turning around and handing the football off to them. Can you get them in one-on-one -on -one scenarios, out in the flats, out in the slots, to where you have a favorable matchup against linebackers and you get them the ball in space, you make one guy miss, and things go from there. Those two, really, that tandem for the Steelers, it's everything because if the running game struggles, the passing game's just not there yet with the rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett, and the whole thing falls apart, can you replicate that back-to-back -back weeks? We'll see. Yeah, it would not surprise anyone if there was a combined 50 rush attempts in this game. Seems like it's going to be cold. Classic AFC North matchup. The over-under is like 44 or whatever. How do, you, how do you see this one ending up? I've got the Bengals winning. 28 to 24 things look to be pointing up for the Steelers, but I think that lowly of the saints a week ago, I've got the saints winning even without Jamar chase look. And I mentioned Joe Mixon. You both of you know this T Higgins and Tyler Boyd too. When they get going, they've, they've missed Jamar chase, but this offense has still been okay. Um, I just don't think that the Steelers have the personnel right now. So I've got the Bengals winning on the road at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh. Yeah, pretty uh, – John and I kind of had the same deal where we thought the Bengals would win. Maybe margin of victory would be slim and or maybe not the prettiest of games based on some key players being in or out or, and or returning after long breaks. But, Mark, we appreciate the time. I know you got to get out of here in just a minute here. If you wouldn't mind just telling our listeners where they can find you 
I know you got your Twitter uh, handle on your on your name tag there, but where they can find you, listen to you, and uh, watch you, watch your material, because uh, you are a man of many talents. You're doing a lot of different things. Anthony and John, thank you for having me. You can see on your screen right now, MD Bergen is where I'm at on pretty much any social media platform. You can watch Believe in Steelers on YouTube. So if you just type in Steelers podcast, Mark Bergen, Ike Taylor on YouTube, we will pop up. Just had an episode come out today while we're recording this too. So uh, we had our week 11 preview out today and you know, we get people ready for the football weekend ahead. I can't believe we're already halfway through the season. And then we'll have a full reaction show uh, that'll be out, uh, Sunday and Monday reacting to Steelers and Bengals too. But uh, fellas, thank you so much for having me on. And I wish both of you uh, a terrific holiday season and a happy Thanksgiving as well in advance. Back at you. Good luck on that turkey, man. I know you, you got a big project <laughs> ahead of you. So good luck on that and have, have fun this weekend. Hopefully... Um, I I wish I would say, hopefully it turns out the way you want it, but I'm not going to say that because we want it a different way. But anyway, we're talking about the Turkey. We're talking about the Turkey. We're talking about the Turkey. There you go. We're talking about the Turkey. Take care, Mark. Good having you on again, man. Fellas. Thanks for having me. Tell like we say we love them. We'll do. Thanks guys. (laughs) Uh, John, that was, uh, Mark Bergen. Always good catching up with him, man. He's, he's a great guy and you know, he's, he's not, he's very knowledgeable, but he's not the Uber Homer where, you know, everything is roses and sunshine all the time, you know? Uh, and, and I guess uh, that's, that's what we like about him aside from him being kind to us and coming on our show so often, but um, you know, he's pragmatic for a, for a guy who covers the Steelers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It seems like every Steelers week um, you kind of fall into this very gross Twitter thread of Bengals and Steelers fans going back and forth and the animosity. So it's nice to talk with a guy like Mark who definitely knows his stuff and it's a great conversation as always. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And of course he, Ike Taylor do a great job on their show and Cam Rogers, who uh, kind of is one of the the main men over at uh, believe podcast always treats us really well, gets us a lot of different guests. And I know you and daddy and Hoji do a great job with the believe network as well, John. Absolutely, man. Believes the way to go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for our Steelers preview with Mark Bergen of the Believe uh, Believe in Steelers podcast. We appreciate everybody, and thanks for everybody dealing with me being mobile. <laughs> Usually, this isn't my deal, John. I, I appreciate you dealing with me here, but uh, have a good have a good weekend. We'll catch up early next week before the holiday to to recap everything, but which we hope is a Bengals win coming up here. They need it. You can you get some in and out, or you already get some. Well, it's ten thirty in the morning. I don't know if burger and fries. That wouldn't uh, stop me, but uh, I, know, I know, I know. I I didn't come here actually for food. I had to get gas, and this in and out is adjacent to the gas station, so I, I might. Um, I, I'm not overly hungry at the moment, but in and out is always in and out, and it's always good. So I don't I don't know. Uh, and there's already a line here, if you can believe it, in the drive through. Unbelievable. Well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, that's kind of the mo, but. Uh, hey man, have a good uh, have a good rest of your week, your weekend, and we'll catch up early next week to to talk about the game. See you guys.